Hello, and welcome to Belonging Before Believing, the podcast where we answer your questions about the church from the inside. I'm Brian Cumpy, elder of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship, joined by... Hello, I'm Patrick Mallard, <laughs> pastor of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. <laughs> it's like that radio show <laughs> yep, yep. from Parks and Rec. Yep. Thoughts well, for your thoughts. <laughs> Today we have a librarian <laughs> read a Hungarian sonnet. <laughs> Everybody's just used to me going, hello! <laughs> So I figured I'd take it a different direction. <laughs> Variety is good. It's the spice of life. <laughs> Speaking of the spice of life. Is variety the spice of life? Because you want a spice to be consistently the same flavor. What? You, a spice. Like I'd want to reach in there and get pepper and it'd always be pepper. If it's variety and I like grab the spice and I put it on, I'd never know what I'm going to get. That's a box of chocolates. This is a very meta thing that you're talking about right now. Uh, I'm just the clever one. No, variety (laughs) is the spice of life. It's not saying... It's not, though. It's not saying spice is variety. No, no, you are, though, because if variety is the spice, you're always going to have something different spicing up your life. If spice were actually a variety, you would never know what you're going to get. Therefore, the metaphor breaks down. Okay, what if I said variety is the salt of life? No, variety it gives is like, everything flavor. Variety is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. See, Mama should have done it right. Mama just screwed it up. Or whoever made up the spice of life one. I bet my mom could find out. She always does those. She does love the sayings. The sayings of the day thing. She's she's hip on that. Yeah, she is. Maybe I'll ask her, where did this... Dixie, I love the ones where you don't even she know what She doesn't listen to this show. Yeah, she does. She commented on our Facebook about how sometimes they work and sometimes they I don't. I better not cuss then. Oh, we have a cussing episode coming up. Well, sometimes I do say bad words. That's a spoiler. What'd you get salty for? Pastor Patrick. Why'd you do that? I just say words. Sometimes they're the naughty ones. Oh, <laughs> uh, so what we have a question no we don't what the listeners don't know is we just make crap up like all this stuff nobody, nobody asked us nobody has ever asked nobody. any of these we've just made that we've just trolled people on the internet and you know they've responded with well, do, 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 and that's where we get our no, stuff no the truth is Paul has asked like no, two thirds of these no he hasn't asked like two thirds one or two <laughs> and this is number two. Well, one or two of the ones that we've answered. <laughs> hey, Paul, you're number two. <laughs> nice. Oh, Pollywog. <laughs> start coming to Monday Night Study again. We're start- Dude, on the podcast. On the calling podcast. calling them out. Yep. Yep. And I'm asking all the secret trail dudes to also call Paul out. Hey, you know what? Anybody who listens to this in his Chico should come out to our Bible. Dude, it is a great study. I mean, that's a really good study. And I'm not just saying that. I don't even lead it. No, I do. Well, for now, yeah. But, I mean, it's a good study. No, it's a great time. It's fun going somewhere um, that's kind of new. There's constantly, you know, just busy night, busy it's Monday nights. traffic, yeah. Yeah. And, and people... They're, like, trying to listen to us while yeah, we're yeah. there. Yeah, people sit and listen to what we're saying. Yeah, it's been cool. Um, and we get a lot of conversations going with people, and it's not... And they like us there, so it's... It's good all the way around, I think. And I like that it's easy to invite a friend to. Yeah, it's the totally neutral ground. Like, yeah. 
you're going to get beers. You're going to talk about things that matter and you can bring stuff up and differ with, you know, and it's all fine. It's a good thing. And you can get a couple shots in on me, make fun of me for, you know, my tardiness or the dinner that I CrossFit. brought that night. CrossFit. You can Everybody always, loves to always make fun, make of me fun, for CrossFit. fun of CrossFit. Yeah. 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 I can take it. It's great. Because you CrossFit, because you're so strong. Thanks. If only you're no, we're making, if no, only we're making emotion, fun of Paul on this episode. <laughs> no, no. If only your emotional constitution was as strong. Whatever. You're a tender, fragile little elf bear. Elf bear. <laughs> I was going to say flower, but for some reason elf came out. And then I couldn't stop and I just said flower. bear. <laughs> flower became elf bear. Every time I see a daisy or a tulip. I'm going to say, hey, look, Pat, what a pretty little elf bear. Oh, gosh. This episode. Will- and I'm going to go, what a pretty little emotional constitution you have, Bray. Uh, <laughs> life is short. You got to stop and smell the elf bears. <laughs> if we ever get T-shirts made, that should be the first one. <laughs> Easily. The elf bear. <laughs> I have to compose myself. My <laughs> word. Okay. This isn't a serious question, though, so it's fine. Okay. Oh, so. Okay, it's not a theological question. It is a practically philosophical question. Okay. Don't you think? I mean, I think... Sometimes I don't know what you're going to ask me. I but this one I do. Theology dictates lifestyle. Oh, my gosh. Why do you got to throw my own phrase back at me? Yeah. And so I think... That the way that we live our lives the only are intrinsically that, theological. Uh, the only reason that was in your mind is because I had used it in my sermon tonight. No way. You think that's the first time I've heard you say that? I've been hanging today, out. Today, that's hang- the first time you heard me say it today. I've been hanging out with you for 11 years. You've heard me say it for 11 years. Yeah. I, I speak fluent pat. I know <laughs> Doctrine all. Doctrine dictates lifestyle. I know all the hits. I know the B-sides. You want to hear some B-sides? I've got some doozies yeah. for you. Every but once in a while, I come up with a... You, you, something some elf bears? <laughs> That was just shooting from the hip, though. Like, I probably still have some stories that uh, you haven't heard. Uh, yeah. Did you ever I, hear about the time? I find out about them when we're recording this did podcast. You, no, did you ever hear about, did I tell you about the time where we were sitting on cuffs, uh, sitting on cuffs, sitting handcuffed on a curb, and we got out of it when we had a whole entire van full of stolen equipment? Yes, you did. Did I? Oh, dude. Yeah. That one I kind of keep. That's like... My deep cut, and like when I want to one up somebody, I'll throw that one out. That's the one that you were thinking about at Secret Trail on Monday, wasn't it? No, I was thinking about the one where we were doing nitrous as we were driving down PCH, and we turned and we went down a one way street. Down <laughs> that was thinking of that story. Did I never tell you that story? No, and it was, so we got pulled over, anyways. And so, we, why am I telling this story? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. (laughs) (laughs) So we got pulled over. (laughs) We had a giant tank with a nitrous canister in the back. And it wasn't like hooked up to the car to make it go faster. Like we're huffing on it. Okay. And so we're all passing around balloons, huffing on this nitrous. And we (laughs) we, we went down the wrong way wrong way on the one-way street and the cops pulled us over 
And I was in the front seat in the passenger seat and the other guy was in, was driving. And so we got pulled over and this is back in like, it had to be like 90, 91. No, it had to be like 91. And I think things have changed because (laughs) we were sitting there and we had cuffs on and they were this guy who was driving, didn't have his driver's license. So they were lighting him up. And I told him, no, I was supposed to be driving. We were just going around the corner to get some food. That's it. And he's like, well, we're going to search the car. And we were like, okay, that's fine. And then he picked me up of everybody and patted me down. And he's like, what's this? And he felt something in my pocket. And I said, that's my inhaler. And he's like, if it's anything other than an inhaler, you guys are all going to jail tonight. And he pulls it out. And sure enough, it's my inhaler. (laughs) Your Weezer. My Weezer. Yeah. So he pulls out my Weezer. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, man, I'm telling you the truth. And he looks at me. And he looks at everybody else. And he's like, all right, you guys can go. <laughs> he goes, but you got to be the one driving because I was the only one with my license actually on me. Wow. So I got to drive out of there and drive us home. So sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why did I tell that story? You know, the intro. I don't like, the, I don't even remember like how that began. The intros to this podcast <laughs> has a lot of, it's a windy road. Getting to the question sometimes. So it's been nine and a half minutes and we still haven't talked yeah, about it. But now this question is going to be way more poignant. <laughs> yes. After everybody hearing that story, especially about me. Yeah. And maybe you following me is. <laughs> so, did you just call me assistant pastor? You're my co host. Oh, wow. We're, we're Wait, gonna, I'm the host. We're gonna. We're, You're host junior. You're hosty McGee. That's <laughs> junior hunky do man. I believe is what we said in an earlier episode. Did we? Yeah. Okay. You're tender, tender little fella, <laughs> little sweetheart. Elf bear. <laughs> That's never gonna get old. Never. Oh wow. Uh, so, <laughs> Papa Elf from the North Pole. How? How have your careers allowed you to practically live out your faith? And the second half of the question is, Pat, is your ideal situation to be a full-time paid pastor so you don't have to work multiple jobs? Well, my career as a criminal led me to the Lord. (laughs) So that part of my career has lots of relevance. Okay. So I've worked many jobs over the years. I have almost always been bi- bivocational. There's only, I want to say three years where I was on staff full-time at a, a church here, in a large church, and um, and now I work full-time again. So for probably, let's see, I've been in the ministry 20, about 20 years, and only three of those years full-time. So how does my job help me? When people ask me what I do, I don't immediately say I'm a pastor. I immediately say whatever I'm actually employed doing. And then I say, and that helps me to pay the bills so that I can pastor. And the reason I say that is because it, that sparks a lot of conversation. Most people that I've encountered and have talked to like that just assume that pastors are the full-time guys that 
you know, that's they went to school for it, so they're going to make their living by it, and they're not doing anything else. The professional pastors. The professional pastors, and there are a lot of those. And, you know, some of them, it's clearly, it's clearly, it's clear that they're professionals, meaning that they think they're the big cheese, they're the top stuff, they're... They're almost like a greasy politician. They got letters of a after their name, and they spend their whole life sitting behind books. Hey, you know what PhD stands for? Piled higher and deeper. Nice. <laughs> I don't have one. That's why I make jokes about it because I'm a little, a little bitter. Yeah, but I'm never gonna have one. So, anyway, so my job, my my secular job, it it is a way that it does it pays the bills so that i can i can do this but i think it also number 2 gives me perspective is i'm out in the world and i'm not around a bunch of well my my job right now i do work with believers in the in the funeral home that i do work at um but i don't interact with believers all day long all kinds of people come through the doors and all kinds of situations almost always grieving and so I need to minister to them where they're at. And, it, and you know, my first and primary goal isn't, you know, let's lead them to the Lord. You know, it's, it's not that. My, my goal is to love and comfort these people come in, who come in with the love and comfort that I've received from Christ. So I might never talk about Christ to these people. In fact, probably most of the time I don't. But my goal is to exemplify Christ in my actions, in my attitudes. And I think people can tell and can see there's something different about me than about other people that they've encountered because I have the spirit of Christ. And I do genuinely love people, you know. When, when I'm sitting talking with someone and they start talking and I start crying because <laughs> I'm the tender one. You know, and I start weeping with them. I mean, they're oftentimes, they'll start weeping, but it's like, you know, an emotional connection. And after everything's said and done and we go through and do their whole service and they're so grateful, um, they can see that I do genuinely love them. And I really believe that that inform that me being a pastor informs how I help these people in my job. And my job helps keep me informed and helps me grounded when I go back and preach and minister to the people that I do so that I don't have this ivory tower mentality, this mentality where the church is here to serve me and pay, pay me and, and you know, that kind of thing. It really helps me keep perspective and see people as people, you know, and I can, I have experiences that I go through the day. I know they have experiences as they go through the day. And sometimes they just need to vent and let it out and just need somebody to listen and love the Lord, lo love them with the love of the Lord. And, and I think that I, I'm better at it because I have a job. I want to say that. I, I totally think that you are. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and I've actually talked with some people about this. <laughs> about you, <laughs> interestingly enough, about how it stands out to them that you're not one of those professional people who, because you're like <laughs> actually, no, you're actually out among normal everyday people instead of in the church office. And the people that you're rubbing shoulders with every day are like, you know, the other pastors and the church secretary and like your books and like that's your life to where you're not you know, relatable to a lot of the people that you're ministering to which I think I, I honestly don't know how, you know, good pastors 
who are full-time do it the way that they do it because, I mean, it's pretty similar to what, well, I guess I'm going to say right now, to where just being in front of a ton of just everyday people and just having a, a wide, wide net that's cast of people that I get to interact with, um, people that I get to be friends with, people that I get to work with. Um, I mean, my line of work, I work for Dutch Bros uh, Coffee, for those people who don't know that. We haven't really talked about it much on on the podcast. But um, back when I was working the window every day, I mean, I'm talking to hundreds, literally hundreds of people every single day. Um, and not just like you would when you were working like a cash register at the mall or something like that. Like the nature of the company that I work for makes it to where I'm, I'm genuinely trying to build relationships. Yeah, You're supposed to be there talking to people I'm a minute yeah. or two at a time. Yeah. Every single day, I'm actually building relationships with people. Yeah. I, I remember there's this one couple that, um, them and their daughter would come through my store and I would talk to them every day. And it occurred to me that, um, I ended up talking to them more every week than I talked to, you know, like my parents or something like that. And it, it hit me. I was like, wow, I actually get to know a lot of people and I get to, even though it's small chunks at a time because it's so consistent, I get to, I could spend a bit of time with a lot of people. Yeah. And so how has that <clears throat> practically allowed me to live out my faith? Well, one is I, I just, I just get to minister to a lot of people. Um, and ministry, some people got the idea ministry is that I'm in every interaction preaching the gospel. And that's so not it, right? I mean, you would not have a very effective ministry if that's all you did. Honestly. Well, you wouldn't have a job. Well, right. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, no, and, and that's something that I think we have brought up before where every time somebody finds out that I'm a Christian or that, you know, I'm super involved in our church. They kind of get surprised, and I still haven't figured out if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But it, it correct me if I'm wrong, but it isn't. Oh my God, you no. are a Christian. No. It's not that. It's oh, you're a Christian. Yeah, it's right. Yeah. And there's a massive difference it's between. Like weird. Those two I things. like you. Yeah, it's like yeah. you're not what I think a Christian is, or you're not the experience I've had with Christians. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And so, um, just being able to love people practically <laughs> like that sounds super counter to what a lot of people would expect a conservative reformed type of dude like me to say but i mean loving people practically being able to show people grace being able to show people mercy to be able to forgive well to have a good work ethic um, to, to deal with my employer, my coworkers and my customers with integrity. Um, you know, I mean, all these little things when you are, you know, try, this sounds like a self-help thing, but when you're trying to be excellent in the ordinary day in, day out over a period of, you know, almost 11 years, people notice and, you know, people, I have a lot of people who, I mean, because they have to, they, they get paid to at this point, but look up to me. And when I'm able to have their ear and when they genuinely respect me and listen to what I say, and you have somebody who is a Christian like I am, um, you, you got to think that there are going to at least have one Christian that they know where like, okay. If I ended up like that dude, I wouldn't hate it. 
Right. I don't want to set the bar too low, but realistically, for some of these people, I might be the first one where they're like, oh, you're a Christian and you're not totally lame. I could see myself around that. Maybe not being that, but I can at least see myself around that because I've been around it. Right. And it hasn't been all kinds of uncomfortable and I haven't felt judged and which whatever that means, you know. Brian hasn't made me feel uncomfortable. That's basically it, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And there's like, eh, gosh, I got, do I have to be careful here? I don't really think I have to be that careful here. But I mean, like, can't I can't read your mind, dude. I know. I don't know. I know. Just say um, it. Just say words. No, but there's plenty of things that my my coworkers or employees or whatever you want to call them that they are up to plenty of things that I wouldn't condone, and they know that. Like, I know that they know that, but we have a good relationship anyway, and it's not that I'm participating or condoning or giving them a pass or anything like that. Um, And so to be around them and to just be able to spend time with them and, you know, they ask me questions and because, I mean, everybody knows 4 o'clock on Sundays, I drive through and get my coffee. I'm on my way to church. Um, it better be before four. Well, that's a four good point. is when church starts. That's a good point. Okay, three <laughs> thirty, whatever. Um, people like people know the deal. Like they know what I'm up to, and yeah, I I know that people pick it up and they know the difference. It's been really really cool when people know that they can use me as a resource when they have questions about faith and about Christianity and different things like that. I've been able to um, be the one to give some people advice when they literally just don't have anywhere else. They don't know anyone else to go to. One, one thing that I am, one thing that it, it has been impressed upon me. Be, so right now I work at a funeral home, and there's a sense where when people come in there, they expect some kind of spiritual element to what we do because we're talking about life and death. But I've worked as a, in a warehouse where I've driven a forklift, I've delivered produce. I've, you know, ran a mini storage facility. Um, so I've done all kinds of different secular jobs. And there's, there is a sense where in every single one of those arenas and avenues that as a pastor, I have been able over the years because of the way I've treated people with grace, with dignity, even though I, like you said, haven't condoned everything that, that they do, I also haven't condemned everything that they did. Totally. And I think that when we see the heart of Jesus, you know, we don't see him condemning certain things with people. We, you know, there, and there's all kinds of things Jesus could have condemned with lots of people, but he showed grace a lot. When, if we think about Pharisees and that kind of thing, that those are the ones who didn't show grace and Jesus didn't show grace to them. So when I think back about my days in the warehouse and boy, talk about a rough bunch, who <laughs> warehouse workers, um, you know, they're, they're decent, hardworking guys, but man, just really, really salt of the earth folk. <laughs> nice. And uh, but I think over the years, every single one of those guys came up to me at one point and asked me questions about the Lord, asked me to pray for them, 
I never quote unquote led any of them to the Lord, but that's not what I was there for. I was there to earn a paycheck. And at the same time, be the best employee that I could be, meaning that I was the best team member I could possibly be. Not the best team member, the best team member I could possibly be. And so I like your excellent in the ordinary kind of things. Doing that and being a person of integrity and, you know, praying and having a scripture on my forklift that I didn't even have to tell people what I was doing, but they all saw it, it enabled people and freed people up because they saw how I lived amongst them to come and to ask questions and to, you know, really come to respect me because they saw I respected them and loved them and cared for them and, you know, tried to be the best guy I could be around them. Yeah. And I mean, gosh, the internet makes, it's like playing with the net down. It's like too easy. Now I have all my coworkers like in my ecosystem. (laughs) It's like, look at my podcast that I'm doing. Ask me some questions. And it's, it's so easy to, be able to, well, one, be an example of your faith, but also to just have opportunities to interact about your faith. If you're just faithful and not judgmental to in the way that you the negative way. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, right. really critical. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Graceless. That was not the best word choice. I understand. No, you're that. fine. I no, get it. It's true. Graceless. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Not being graceless. Um, and to where you're approachable. Gosh, how many people who work, you just know, stuck up, like you said, a secular job are just unapproachable. Yeah. Unapproachable, nose up, you know, I, they're the spiritual elite. Gosh, we don't want to be that. And by not punch them in the breadbasket, I really think that that's why when people find out I'm a Christian, they're like, oh, you're like, it's like when we started this podcast and people are like, oh, you're just like a couple normal dudes talking. <laughs> Yep. yep. Go yep. figure. So to me, I, it hasn't been hard and it's, I work in an awesome place. Like we have some, uh, I mean, as far as secular values go, we have some values that I've noticed it's easy for, it should be anyway, for a Christian to be really good at working at Dutch bros. Yeah. When we're talking about, you know, serving our communities and really caring about our customer, showing them compassion, showing them empathy, um, just really loving on people. I mean, if you as a Christian can't do that, that I mean, it should be way too easy. I really think that of, of all the places I've ever worked, Christians should make really great Dutch Bros employees. <laughs> they really should. Because they draw little crosses on the top of their That's it. cups and they draw little fishies. John 316 on every <laughs> lid, baby. <laughs> The last part of the question was, do I want to become a full-time pastor? Is that what it is? Full-time paid pastor, so you don't have to work multiple jobs. Well, sure, sure. I would, I would like to not have to work multiple jobs. It, it, it does, it does get stressful, and there are a lot of um, balls in the air that I'm juggling, so to speak, when I have multiple jobs that I'm doing. So yes, I, I would definitely like to get paid enough that I didn't have to do all the stuff. Um, and I would love for that to be from the church, but frankly, our church is small and it's probably always going to be small. And I love it being small because I know everybody and I know everybody pretty well and everybody knows me. They can come talk to me anytime that they want. 
I'm always available. Well, unless I'm working, but <laughs> generally I'm available and I'm there and I'm present. Um, and I genuinely like everybody at church. And if we got too big, I'm afraid that I wouldn't know everybody with the same level of intimacy that I do now. But um, there's give and take. I definitely would be able to do more and focus more and be able to provide more in the terms of spiritual care to the people who did come. So there is that aspect. Of course, I'd, I'd love to do that. Uh, I, I don't know that that'll ever be the case, but, you know, it's whatever. It's the Lord's church, and if he builds it um, to the point where we do have enough people coming and I am able to be supported, I certainly am going to do that with all of the respect and the diligence that should be um, that it should be done with. Another thing is I think I would still, like, go get my hair cut by somebody who isn't a Christian. I would still go to get my coffee from somebody who wasn't a Christian. I would make sure that I'm out in the community. I'd probably join some kind of altruistic club like Rotary or Kiwanis or something like that uh, just so I was around people who... so I could give back to the community and I was still around people who weren't believers just to keep that perspective and to uh, stay grounded instead of getting my nose stuck in a book and getting stuck up. Yeah. 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 Don't do that. Plus that's me, dude. Can you see me? No. That, yeah, that's not, no. I'm, I, yeah, I would have to have some kind of, what are those things called where you get the nervous breakdown, you know, and you're not the same person afterwards. It'd have to be one of those <laughs> where I did the breakdown and all of a sudden I'm like, break it down. <laughs> I'm like, my brain got tripped up and, you know, the timing belt got replaced and now it's suddenly not clicking right. All of a sudden you say your name's Elroy or something. (laughs) Uh, All right. Why'd you go to Elroy? (laughs) I don't know. Did you just watch the Jetsons? You look like you could be an Elroy. What? What does that mean? Some some coveralls with it, like, stitched on there. I don't know if I should be offended or... Tickled by that. I think you should be tickled. I Question think I of should the be day. Offended. No. Should Pat be offended that Brian just called him Elroy? No, that is not That's the question, the question of, the of the day. That is not the question Anybody of the day. Anybody gets extra credit if they answer that question, too. Should Pat be offended by <laughs> being named Elroy? Okay. No, I'm not named Elroy. <laughs> you just tried to stick it to me. I'm not receiving that, bro. Fine. The actual question of the day. What was your first job? Oh, that's a good one. What was your first job? What was your first one? I did data entry at a mobile home utility billing company in Dixon, California. Oh my gosh, that's the stupidest first job ever. It was awesome because I was 15. There's nothing awesome about no, all the words you said. No, listen, I would take my CD binder in because there were no, I, I didn't have an iPod yet back then. So I would take my CD binder in there and I got so good at typing, I could like kind of like fall asleep and still type accurately at the same time. And I would just listen through my whole CD book. So for a guy who was like, okay, I would just listen to tons of music. All right. You persuaded me that that is kind of cool. Yeah. Mine was, I worked at a toy store. That's a good job. First job. Yeah. Yeah. So listener, what was your first job? Answer it in the comments. And to every single one of you little elf bears out there, (laughs) we believe that you belong.